Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're joining us today for our recap and discussion of Throne of Glass, book one in the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Moss. All right, uh, book one of an eight-book series, if you count the short story collection. Uh, I've heard that this book, Throne of Glass, the first book, is not the strongest one in the series. It's actually probably the weakest one in the series. And I can definitely see where that criticism comes from. But at the same time, I was totally sucked into this story, mostly like pretty hooked into what was going on for like all of it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if this is the worst one of the series, I'm pretty excited to keep reading. Yeah, that bodes pretty well. I found there was like a little, like a, a seventy to the middle. Yeah, and the yeah. middle was kind of just boring, and I felt like the contest thing was kind of boring. It could have been really cool, but it was just kind of it wasn't. It didn't meet its full potential. I felt. But besides that, my criticisms are pretty small. Like I've got some little pokey funs to poke fun at it, but those are a little like really just like jokes. Not yeah, not really jabs. criticizing the overall work of it and being like, oh, that was a bad book or anything. It wasn't. It was a fine book. It was very entertaining. Like I said middle was a little bit boring but uh if this is the worst one that bodes well let's uh i'm gonna do the recap okay let's do it throne of glass begins in the endovier salt mines 18 year old assassin selena sardothian has been imprisoned at endovier for a year when kale westfall captain of the aderlin royal guard presents her to prince dorian who has summoned her to compete as his charge in a contest his father is putting on the contest is to discover the next king's champion a secret operative employed to take on dangerous tasks for the realm. The current king of Edolan has been conquering kingdoms throughout Aurelia. He has also eliminated magic from his kingdom and other nearby lands and punishes anyone who practices or studies the art. Over the years, Selena has built a reputation as the best assassin in the world. Though she is wary of the prince and his escort, she finally agrees to compete as it will get her out of Endovir. She leaves with the prince and Captain Kale, but not before taking a final glance at the suffering prisoners she's leaving behind. Selena is in bad shape after a year of hard work in Endovier. She is thin and weak and out of practice with the tools of her trade. Her beauty, which used to be a source of pride for her, was also diminished by the harsh conditions in the salt mines. On the road, we learn about Selena's past training with Arabin Hamel, King of Assassins and a bit about the Fae, a race who fled when King Haviliard outlawed magic. After a long trek through the countryside, Selena, Dorian, and Kale finally arrive at the Glass Palace in Rifthold, seat of King Haviliard. The palace is made mostly of glass and towers above the city, though its base is an older castle built of stone. All of the potential champions train, dwell, and compete in the castle for 13 weeks. 23 other men in the king's court were allowed to choose a competitor and Selena realizes that while many are inconsequential, several will be stiff competition, especially the giant and brutal Kane. He is competing for the king's closest advisor, Duke Parrington. To be ready to beat these opponents, Selena pushes herself through Kale's grueling training to regain her former strength and skill. Throughout the competition, the king commissions various contests among the potential champions. Kale tells Selena to stay in the middle of the pack so as not to attract too much attention to herself. She usually holds herself back and can fulfill this request, but her bravery is displayed during one challenge in which she saves the life of a young competitor after he is sabotaged by Kane. As the contests ensue, champions are being murdered and mutilated in a brutal and mysterious way. No one can turn up clues as to whom or what may be doing this, and Selena starts quietly investigating on her own. One night, 
she discovers the entrance to a series of secret passageways behind a tapestry in her room, and one passage leads her to a mausoleum dedicated to the first king and queen of Adolin, Gavin and Elena. The ghost of Elena begins to visit Selena in this room and in her dreams. She explains that a clock tower on the castle grounds serves as a portal between their world and dimensions beyond. She warns Selena that something evil has entered the castle from this portal, and she must discover who controls it. Elena tells her she is the only one who can put a stop to this beast, and that she must do so before the portal is ripped open so wide that many dangerous creatures can enter the world. As they each get to know her better, there are signs that both Dorian and Kale are developing feelings for Selena, although Kale's indications are much more subtle. Selena is drawn to each for different reasons. Dorian's charming ways make her blush, they share a love of reading, they are quite attracted to each other, and they have fun together during his late night visits to her room. On the other hand, Selena sees Kale's strength and honor as they train together, and as he performs his duties as captain of the guard. They are both strong-willed and butt heads often, but there is no doubt that a deep bond is forming between the two, and there are hints that they are attracted to each other as well. A turning point in these relationships is when Selena shows up uninvited to the royal ball. She asks Kale to dance, and he refuses, and then she ends up dancing the night away with Dorian. Dorian follows her to her room afterward, and the two kiss several times. When she goes out on her balcony after the ball, Kale is quietly watching from the shadows of the garden below. During her weeks at the castle, Selena meets two very different women. The first is Princess Nehemia, and the two become fast friends because they both feel like outsiders at the castle. Selena agrees to teach Nehemia the common language of Aderlin in exchange for Nehemia teaching Selena what she knows of word marks and ancient language with ties to magic. Despite keeping a few secrets from each other at first, their bond becomes stronger over time. The other woman she meets is Lady Caltaine Rompier, a typical court lady who has her eyes on Prince Dorian as a future husband, even though she is in a relationship with Duke Parrington. She senses the connection between Selena and the prince, and this makes her despise Selena. Here and there, Selena reveals glimpses of her true background to Nehemia, Dorian, and Kale. She shares how her parents were murdered when she was eight, and a few details of her training with the King of Assassins. Her training was incredibly hard mentally and physically, but she excelled and became his star pupil and thus a skilled assassin. She tells how the love of her life, a fellow assassin named Sam, was murdered just before she was sent to Endovir. She reveals the horrible scars on her back from being whipped when she stood up to the guards in Endovir at different times. Selena eventually discovers that Cain is the one who has summoned the murderous creature from the portal. He locks her in the secret passageways with it, and Selena rushes to the tomb to retrieve King Gavin's famous sword, Damaris, to defeat the monster. The creature bites her before she can finish it off, but Nehemia finds her and heals her using weird magic. Selena competes very well and ends up in the final contest against Grave and then Kane. At Duke Parrington's and the King's request, Caltaine spikes Selena's drink before a required toast with the King between the two fights. Selena unknowingly ingests this poison before the final battle against Kane. This dulls her senses and makes it seem like it will be an easy win for Kane. As she lays injured, Selena first gets encouragement from Kale from outside the ring. But it is Nehemia who rescues her by using word magic to summon Queen Elena to take the poison from her system. Even though her body is quite broken, Selena manages to defeat Kane 
once the poison is gone from her system and is declared the winner. Kane tries to kill Selena after his defeat, but Kale sees it coming and kills him before getting to her. After her victory, Selena is visited by Kale, who is haunted by the fact that he killed Kane, but is still glad he did it. Dorian comes in as the two of them hug and senses that something more might be going on. Kale abruptly leaves, and Selena tells Dorian that she can't be with him while serving as the king's champion. He wants to continue the relationship in secret, but she continues to refuse. She wants to remain good friends instead, and he agrees to this. Kale comes to her room later, looking for Dorian to apologize about what he witnessed earlier, and Selena tells him that she ended things with Dorian. The book ends as Selena signs the contract with the king. He threatens to hurt Kale, Nehemia, or even Nehemia's family if she does not fulfill the contract. But if she serves him well for four years, she will earn her freedom. Okay, I gotta say, uh, the first like hundred pages of this book, I was very, very locked in. I really, really Me enjoyed too. it. Um, but kind of like what we were saying in the in the intro here, there's a little bit of a dip. I was surprised that we like pushed the contest like so hard away and kind of just there was just yeah. a lot of like vibiness. Talking. And I, yeah, I like yeah. the I like the vibiness. And I can see that we're kind of setting up a certain like love triangle situation here, obviously. Uh, and it's, you know, we've got like the kind of golden retriever boy over here with Dorian, who I really like Dorian a lot. I really hope that he doesn't turn out to be horrible because Me too. I, I really dig Dorian. I think he's really cool. Actually, I like I'm kind of team Dorian over team Kale personally. Um, I, but it, we got like our our golden retriever boy over here and then we got like the kind of like grumpy guy over here it's like it's a classic right with some like insecure issues you know maybe he's like, yeah i'm not a, i'm not i'm not like manly and i don't know he was uh he was a little funny <laughs> i have some questions towards like his emotional reactions to things i thought kale was kind of a wet blanket i don't know i didn't really like him very much i don't i i liked him as a as a character i would like have a beer with kale but like sure as like a love interest just like man i don't know man. he's kind of boring and like let me <laughs> how do you rise so high in the ranks of like a martial thing like he's captain of the guard and yet he's never killed a man before because all like emotional bent out of shape at the end when he has to kill whomever and like he's like oh i've just never killed somebody and she's like no it gets it gets easier and he's like <laughs> how easier. are you captain of the king's guard and you've never had to like defend the king like what well i mean this, this seems to be a it seems like uh Aderland is a is a sort of is empirical force almost they keep sure. trying to push out into other lands right now uh and so I think that maybe things are fairly peaceful for Aderlan at home in Rift in Rifthold. Like Kale yeah, is I guess not, he's not like a general. He's or not something, a general. Yeah. He's not out on any front lines. He's like supposed to stay there with the king, actually. So it make, it's like um it's like one of the king's guard for in like Song of Ice and Fire. Like maybe one of them might not have killed anybody yet if it's like a time of relative peace in that. Totally, but in order to get there, you sure. Think, no, you know, and he's like twenty two. Like, yeah. Know, like, that's another thing is like everybody's really young in this book for like how really adept young. they are at everything like and by everyone i mostly just mean selena like how old is like, she like 16 she's 18 she's 18 okay yeah yeah and the best and let me just let me make this clear just in case the book didn't make this clear the best assassin in the world which is interesting because we don't see Dude, her the best. So you did any... not say it with enough umph. <laughs> the best assassin in the world it's, it's we don't see any tomas's credit the, the plot doesn't really necessitate Selena killing any, assassinating any, assassinating Right, showing anybody. off her assassin skills. That makes sense. So I think that, like, while at first I was like, wow, the world's best assassin is doing a whole lot of sitting around eating candy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. it's, 
uh, which we'll talk about the candy scene in a second because like that was just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. That was like the that most ridiculous. Re- anyway, no, no, let's stay on this for a second though because I like where you're <laughs> no, at. But like, it is just um, like the story being presented and like the the trajectory it's on. I think that Moss did a pretty good job of having Selena. You know, when she walks into room, she like assesses the room. She's like Jason Bourne. She's like, I could run a half mile at a full sprint like right now. Dude, you know what I mean? Oh my god! I literally okay, dude. In my notes, Jason I literally have written out. I can tell you the license plate numbers of all no six way. cars outside. I can oh tell you god, the waitress left-handed and the guy sitting up at the counter weighs two hundred fifty pounds and knows how to <laughs> That's handle the vibe himself. I got from her, and I really appreciated that so much because I felt like I felt like Moss like knew that because of the way she was writing this story out. Selena wasn't in a position to like really showcase Show her abilities, but at the same time, I think maybe that could have happened, and I would have been a lot more satisfied. Like maybe they could have been attacked on the road or something. Oh, like, great you know what idea! I mean? Like it's it's like yeah, dude. It's like you're just kind of telling us how awesome she is, and then by the time we kind of get to the contest, it's like. 380 pages into the book you know what i mean like, man okay you make a really good point and that helps that actually removes a lot of my criticism having that in my mind of like she's not in a position really to show us her martial prowess so she does have to tell us i just felt like it was like it got to a point where it's kind of ridiculous where it would just be like every few pages there's a sentence thrown in like i got him to give me a tour of the castle telling him i was bored but really i used the time to learn 12 different ways i could escape the castle at one point she buries needles in like a thing of soap in her room i thought that was pretty badass honestly i, I mean how, really how cool. are you gonna get the needles quickly if you need it like what's gonna happen is she's gonna forget about the needles and gonna be washing herself <laughs> one time like oh god what the hell and then like her prick herself like i hope i didn't poison these i don't know but i think the point the point of it is like she's in that mindset it's like it, it makes up for it because she's in the mindset it's just Jason i don't Born. i don't necessarily believe she's literally the best assassin in the world i almost believe that like she thinks that she's the best assassin. right in the i mean world. How, like, how long was she in jail like three years a year yeah a year okay i thought it was three for some reason that helps but still that means that she was up until the point was 17 somehow she had enough time in her life to like become skill wise and then become like um get the reputation of the best assassin like how much sure, yeah he I mean, must have been assassinating from, it was like almost hard. 10 years of training i think i think moss covered her tracks fairly well with it it's you like a little so? unbelievable that an 18 year old would be that proficient but like also like, would you hire a 15 year old girl i don't know like both in name of the wind is like the best at fucking everything and he's like 50 that's true you know what i mean like it's it's like i'm not having too much of a problem like believing that she's as good as she is i just wish i could have seen more of it that's like real, totally. my only real gripe you know Okay, so I gotta ask you though, are you team Dorian or are you team Kale? Dude, I'm with you, man. I'm a Dorian guy. Dorian, yeah. I think he's pushing a little hard. He's a little too he's a little too much, you know? He's kind of the like pompous, arrogant prince, but he's also got like this depth to him that I really latched onto. And I I found him to be like authentic and really cool and a unique protagonist for like, you know, love triangles is nothing new and like the main character falling in love with like the prince and probably captain of the guard even is nothing new, but him not being like totally an arrogant twat and actually having like depth and authentic. And uh, I just yeah, I thought it was a really it good too. character. Yeah. He seemed like he hasn't really like Dorian gives me the impression of a, of a man who is, is overconfident and kind of like overcompensating a little bit for not really knowing who he is yet. You know what I mean? Yes. Like he's just kind of gives me that vibe of somebody who like you meet him at a party and he's just a little too loud. You know what I mean? And it's just like he's 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 slamming doors and stuff when he doesn't need to. And it's like we like this guy. He's really cool. But also he, like throws fits sometimes. <laughs> maybe. You know, what I, you know what I'm trying to say, though? It's like totally. Dorian, I feel like the way he's being written here is almost this kind of sheltered 
prince who never really got a chance to really come into his own as much as he would have liked and it's like he he's almost like aware of that you know uh so i i mean i really like dorian a lot he is by the end of the yeah. book right he finds his own power kind of even stands up to his dad and he like tells him something totally. and then he yeah. i was like wow cool what's that's some growth i was really really happy with the end of this book when because I, I feel i feel like there was like a chance for dorian to just be horrible and he wasn't yeah and it was yeah, really cool yeah that's that kind of what wasn't. i'm talking about yeah. yeah it was really cool that he wasn't uh kale on the other hand i hope i'm saying his name right i know it's not like I think you are kale like is it like, that's how the audiobook the, read it was kale plant? Like the right, 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 okay, cool. and so, like Sarah, yeah. come on, C H A E L, come on, A O L, A O L O. would have made worse. Would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like the name Selena either. I think I was pronouncing it Kalena also for a like second. A nightmare. I, yeah. Um, but it's all right. It's I mean, just I, funny. I struggled with Feyre for a little while too. Yeah, Actually, me too. Slight fiery. sidebar here before we get back to the two of them. I feel like on her name specifically, like sometimes she goes really fantasy with them. Selena and like Kale oh, spelled weird. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes we get like Sam. The love interest. <laughs> like the old Oh my God. One, Speaking know? of Sam, while we're talking about other love interests and stuff, because uh, I don't really want to talk that much about <laughs> Kale. <laughs> maybe he gets cooler. I don't know. But uh, if I, I'm sure that maybe people that have read these books are sitting there and they're like, Evan doesn't like Kale. Oh no, he's no, amazing. No, he hasn't had his chance to shine. Maybe not. Uh, for now, I feel like Kale is kind of like just vanilla ice cream, you know, just, he's fine. He's, he's totally. all right. And, and like by the very, uh, the very position that he's in, right, is like yeah. captain of the guard. So he kind of yeah. has to tell, he's like the rule guy, you know? Yeah, he's just, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what Kale We'll does. see. We'll see him open up maybe a little bit, but maybe that's the You were saying point. about love interest, oh, Sam. Oh, I was saying about Sam. Um, okay, I'm going to make a prediction here. I bet because there's a point in the very beginning of the book when they're kind of like on the road that like Selena was betrayed by somebody and that's why she went to Endovier. I think it was Sam, but like I could be wrong about that. But like I feel like it was probably Sam. Probably. You know what I mean? Uh, So either either it was Sam and he betrayed her and he's dead or Sam and he betrayed her and he's alive or Sam is alive or Sam is dead. So I think wow, I think you've covered all your ba- yeah, or he was abducted by aliens and been abducted, uh, abducted he's as good as dead. Let's talk a little bit about the the weird the is it weird or word weird? I think it's word. word the word mark, magic. The word magic. Word marks. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting for sure. I wanted to kind of pick your brain about not not only that but just kind of the ending of this book altogether because it felt like a little bit of a mess. You know, like it just yeah. I wasn't quite quite sure what was going on and what <laughs> like I, <laughs> I think maybe we're not like totally supposed to be 100 percent certain because I, I don't think that selena is like she has she basically just like trips out on the ground for a little while right uh and totally I think she's well, someone's even, like, like crouched over her beating her face like yeah that's a that's a pretty intense scene for sure i liked it um i liked yeah, it too it was definitely just like what the hell is going on right now you yeah know? we're just gonna let this guy like the other guy like stepped one foot over like the ring and he was like disqualified and she's like on the ground like bloody <laughs> and the guy's just like beating her and it's like no no fight's still going she's still got some umph in her like if you were a refereeing of that uh mix you you would be fired for sure like it's your job to protect the though they didn't really have a referee but still seemed a little overkill you know what do you think the Ritterac looks like a dark shadowy demon creature kind of it was a little hazy in my brain as to what it looks like what, do you, what does it look like to you it, okay it has like multiple joints in its arms and, and then it bends backwards in the legs so it's like a like a not like a goat but um i don't know it was creepy i, I kind of picture that I, I might be like belying my age a little bit here but uh like the, the thing from like ghostbusters 
you know, like that like monster from Ghostbusters, Ooh, totally, like the, totally. the gargoyle monster thing. Yeah, um, yeah, which I know yeah. that that's not what this was, um, but it's just like in my mind because I think that we had like the mention of gargoyles and stuff. So um, that's just. I like think you're closer. I think you're closer than I was. So I think what it was because I think it's like a. I, now I'm like reading the description of it, and it's like a. It looks like a werewolf thing. You're right. It's on four legs, but I think like a werewolf, it can like go stand. It's got really long front legs that are jointed the opposite direction. So it can sprint super fast on four legs, but it can also stand up um, to intimidate its foes or whatever. I like that scene a lot with her grabbing the sword and everything. That was cool. That was like, yeah, that was the, really that cool. Was like the peak of the book for me. I was just like, shit, this is crazy. Like, this is really good. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, like the, with Elena coming back and like, what did you think of the whole Elena thing? So it's just so she dude, finds this like oh no, I don't know what secret <laughs> tunnel in her room like nobody yeah. checked that we're making sure we're not giving her the like secret <laughs> tunnel room, but like no no we're gonna give the assassin who's definitely not gonna discover the secret <laughs> tunnel in the secret tunnel room we're gonna give her this room that gives her access to like basically the whole keep like all these so like all of the underside of the castle yeah everything. all of the underside she can totally yeah. escape you know she could totally one hundred percent yeah after her first tour she had figured out like many ways that she could get out of this place but you know I think she sees this as like an opportunity to yeah. make her name clean I think and like not solid... be. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, there was no point at this where I was like, wow, I can't believe she's staying here. Like, no, it totally makes sense. She has nowhere else to go. You no, yeah, I mean? totally. Like, there's no totally. real reason for her to, and this is actually, like you said, it's an opportunity for Selena to not only get this p- position of prestige and payment and, you know, live a, a much more comfortable life than she ever would have at a salt mine for fuck's totally, sake. Yeah. You know what Oof. I mean? Which she, which I thought, I liked that it was stressed that like her living for a year. In assault in the in Endovia was like odd, like it was really um, like not nobody common. lives that long. Exactly, like most people are only in there for a couple of months. Uh, so totally, was, and she wasn't was just like, like working there; she was a slave yeah, there. Yeah, you know, nice she was a touch. criminal. It was a nice touch. Another nice touch that I really liked was um, that kind of helped Selena exist a little more off the page and give her some history that I felt was a little bit lacking. Um, because, like you said, and we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, there's no real opportunity for Moss to show us her assassin skills. And so she's doing a lot of telling, which is fine. But there's a scene where there's like two officials or something that she's working with and someone's trying to make a decision. I forget the exact scene, but there's like two officials with the King and she like looks at one and she recalls having done an assassination job for him and kind of like gives him an eye. Like, and if you don't like vote my way or something, then I can reveal that, you know, you've hired me in the past and I'm sure it was to uh, correct some sort of political dissonance or something. His foes don't want him to know that he assassinated uh, this person. And I thought that was a really cool, like she's kind of building of her history because I, at this point it's yeah. hard for me to believe that she's assassinated hundreds of people in all different manners and walks of life, you know? So I, I just like that. It helped build up her backstory a little bit and give her a little bit more like, um, like juice, you know, there's like, okay, cool. I, under, I, I, I believe her a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, my, like my reading of Selenia's, I keep saying Selenia. My reading of Selena's abilities is kind of like, in my mind, she's like this savant, like assassin from a young age. You know what I mean? She was trained by the best one from such an. You know when you when you like teach really young kids how to do stuff, they're like way better at it than adults are. You know what I mean? So like in my oh, mind, way better. In my mind, it was like she took to it so quickly, and she was she she like she trained in like a matter of years and then built that reputation over an, another matter of years as like not the best not the world's best assassin but like no excuse me uh she 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 built up her reputation as the world's best assassin and it's stressed early in the book that most people think she's older than she is you know what i mean right. so i feel like those yeah, tracks yeah. are covered like pretty well 
Um, but in my mind, it's like, it's like she's just kind of has a knack for it in a way that like a lot of people don't. It's like how um, in some fantasy books, you'll have somebody who's like really good at like tracking. You know what I mean? It's just because they're really good at tracking. Well, and not only that, I think you nailed it when you said started at a young age. Like when I used yeah. to train Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and I've coached a bunch of years as well. And there were 16 year olds like I'm not a big dude, but there were some very thin 16 year olds, you know, that were uh, just ranked up from being in like the kids class. Now they're in like the full adult class. And I'm not. I'm no novice, but like I'm no master either. And some of these kids, since they had been training since they were four, they would there's some really complicated moves. It's like body chess with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu that are just hard to wrap your brain around because things have to be perfect and leverage. And you have to position and all these different things going on at the same time. These kids can do them without thought. In fact, they're almost surprised when you're rolling and practicing with them that you can't do the move because they're like, how would you do it any other way? They have it so built into their muscle memory mm. that they breathe that move. Whereas someone who started like, I was when I was 20. It took me a long time to really get those moves built into my muscle memory. And they just like breathe that stuff. And so that that tracks really well with me when you're like, she started super early. She's got a really solid foundation built. So, yeah, it makes sense that she would build on top of that foundation rather easily. Yeah, I mean, like her being in a really adept assassin wasn't really any kind of like Mary Sue kind of thing for me. I think the piano kind of like that was pushed it a little over the edge where it was just like, oh and of course she's really good at the piano too but like uh i don't know i like the conversation that they had about music you know like the the conversation that her and dorian have about like how she feels about music and i don't know it, it did kind of balance out her character a little bit where it was like she's not just like this kind of like crabby you know snarky assassin you know what i mean there's some depth to selena and i'm actually that's like it's like selena and dorian and kale I think are going to be in these books for a while and none of them really seem super one-dimensional with the slight mm -hmm. exception of kale being I, if, if one of them was going to seem one-dimensional right now in the first we just book, haven't seen him yeah exactly shine. but I, I am definitely pretty excited to see how these three characters kind of like come into their own because they're all really young um, me too i uh i really like the idea of having your main character who's really good at fighting be really good at a musical instrument as well yeah, I guess especially um, I mean, you've heard, I don't know if you've ever heard the trope, but the best fighters are the best or the best dancers are the best fighters, right? Uh, because they're balanced, they understand how their body works. I find it really cool because you have kind of like this hardened assassin type, but at the same time, like a, like music is a very emotional thing. It's oh, a yeah. pure emotion. And so it's a really cool like juxtaposition to like the hardened side that a protagonist who's an assassin has to be is like it gives them, uh, it gives them an avenue or like a platform to display that emotion without you the reader being like wait she's crying she isn't she in a hardened assassin you know and so it's like kind of a cool way to show some emotional depth uh, i kind of want to move back over a little bit more towards the end we got a little bit off topic but um just a couple of things that happened at the end here. Okay. okay so um elena who is the ghost of the first queen of aderlin sure and according to this wiki the direct ancestor of the members of house is it Haviliard or Havillard? Is the is the I silent? I think it's Havillard. Is it Havillard? Okay, sorry, I'm not. I could be wrong. Him. I could be wrong. Though. Don't don't listen uh, to me. She is know, a direct ancestor of the members of House Havillard, and at the same time is a descendant to Terrison's royal family. And Terrison is where Selena is from. Uh, so okay, I'm wondering like maybe if Selena and El Elena their their names are really similar. Like maybe yeah, that is. maybe they're related or or something. Um, and Nehemia was from Elway. 
Yes. Or Ilwe, or how yeah, you, or you say that. Yeah, Ilwe. So what did you think about Nehemia being able to see all the things that Selena saw? Like, nobody else was able to see that stuff. But Nehemia was able to... Like, what do you think about Nehemia? Let's, talk, let's just talk about her a little bit more. I really liked her. So I think it kind of goes back to the king, uh, King Havillard or whatever. He of... Um, uh, a darlin he bans magic right yeah. and so she nehemia is from like a, it sounds like a much smaller country elway that's like very close to it's like all the way uh, south a darlin yeah but i, I think they yeah. share like a border and she was forced to, to kind of like ally or else it was basically like come under my rule or i'm gonna kill all your people and so she was like all right i'll come under your rule um and i think that they're I don't know this, but I'm getting the hint that like magic is a pretty common thing in her land, maybe, or at least not so like frowned upon. Sure. And so she's still got like the magic inside of her, you know, or at least this word magic um, or weird magic. However, I think it's word magic, though, um, which is interesting because you like write. It's not I know it's not spelled W.O.R.D., but it's like you write out little symbols like words kind of. And that's how the magic shows itself. Right? Oh, word. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it kind of helped me remember it. But uh, which I thought was a little weird, like, okay, so like it mentions that the word marks aren't magic. They exist outside of magic. I don't really understand what the word magic is because it is magic and it also isn't magic. I thought there were like glyphs that can like direct magic. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, okay. You know how, you know what I mean? Like there's some magic systems where it relies on you kind of like making certain markings. In sure. Order yeah. For yeah. It to like work. symbol. Ma- like, yeah. Totally. That's like what I thought it was. But okay. It's so, like runes. Yeah, like runes. Um, but I mean, that could be, we could be totally wrong about that. Because it mentions one time that it exists outside of magic. And I was like, what does that even mean? But that's whatever that actually means. I think that's how Nehemia was able to see what um, Selena was able to see because she has such this close relationship with this word type of not magic. What's up with Kane? Was he just like under. Is it some kind of influence or like that was a big point of contention for me was like, I don't really know who this guy is. I don't really know what his motivations are. And I don't know. I just I was going to ask you, I have in my notes here, like, who is Kane? Why is he trying to do what he's trying to do? At the end of the book, the Duke says something about using the power. So that I mean, I don't know exactly how to answer the Kane question, but. That kind of leads me to the king, who I thought was a very enigmatic and kind of confusing character. I like agree. How much yeah. of this storyline, how much does the king know is happening in his own castle? Because he seems very ignorant. The, like the fact that he even allows Selena after kind of defeating. I thought the king was going to be in league with Kane and Duke Parrington. I think the king knows what Kane is doing. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I um, thought so too. And the duke is using like this. The power on Lady Caltain is what the Duke calls it in like one of the last chapters when uh, the King and the Duke are talking. Also, like when since when are assassins and King's champions like one in the same position? Like you'd think that like the main assassin would not want to be known, right? Like he needs his his whole thing as an assassin being like operating in the shadows. But like I guess he's also the King's champion. I see. That was like the thing that I th- I thought was kind of one of the weirdest, it's kind of like thinnest parts of this whole plot for me. It was just like. We need a king's champion. Like, what is that? Right, that's also an that's assassin. Really, what this entire plot is hanging on is—is is the king decided he wanted a new like court assassin? Yeah, and, and, and so, not only that, he makes this contest up, which does a frankly terrible job. If you're actually trying to figure out like who the most 
qualified person is for this, you wouldn't make a contest like that where, because like the contest is not divided up where it's like you get points on each one. The person who had the most points at the end wins. No, it's like per event. So if you are the worst at this one event, then you could be totally eliminated from the entire thing where it's like some of the events were like memory based or something. And it's like you could fail at like one of the lesser contests and not be chosen as champion, even though you did the best at everything else. Like you wouldn't set it up where it's like this win or lose binary every time, right? You would accumulate points and the person who's like best overall at the end would win. It wouldn't be this pass fail sort of thing. You know, it just seemed like a weird thing. Yeah, because you could do. be the second worst at everything. You know what I mean? And, right, right. <laughs> and the second get, worst at except everything. Except for like the very yeah. last one and then be the exactly. best in that one. You know? Exactly my point. Yep. Uh, so that, that does seem a little strange. And then also, I mean, like there, there was, I felt like there was like a kind of inconsistency on like how dangerous this contest was and like, or like how adept you did need to be versus how adept you didn't need to be. Like there's even a moment where Selena's like, what? It's archery. And I was still like, I was even like with Selena. I was like, yeah, seriously. Like that's the first one is like shooting right. stuff with a bow and arrow. Like, but, okay. but also it seemed weird because like, it seemed like these people were like, it kind of alternated between this is a squid game kind of thing where right, right. anybody could die at any moment. And then right. also it's like, okay, well, if you lose, it's cool. You can just go back home. You know, right, like no big like, deal. Well, that's kind of lame. You know, and then yeah, like she warns somebody off, like you got to get out of here, and he's like, "Peace," and just like not part yeah, of the <laughs> uh, Which yeah. I thought was really cool of Selena actually, because she kind of figured everything out, and she's like, "Oh, this guy's totally next." And I was like, "Yeah, get him the hell out of there." Yeah, I really yeah. liked. I liked Knox. I think that was what his name was. was I think Knox. so too. Um, but anyway, I also thought cool it was name. just kind of weird though that they got to the duel, and it was like the four of them, and the king is just like, "Okay, so you have to fight each other, but you're not. Don't kill each other." And I was like, "What?" Like, why what? okay <laughs> that was really weird too because he was like he's like the only way that victory happens is one person puts the other person in a unquestionably death position like she like invented this thing but like like you could definitely kill them but you can't and then like the next paragraph that during the fight one person's backed up to the like goal line and she's like oh no all he has to do is step over the line and he loses and it's like wait i thought he had to be in an unquestionably death position but now he like takes one step over the goal line and can't, he loses like that seemed weird you know i found the whole thing just to be kind of confusing a bad way to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish and very like underwhelming as far as the story was concerned like it could have been really cool and like yeah. something she was really nervous about and stuff but like literally her challenge isn't in beating the other com competitors it's a challenge for her to not win like her challenge is to be middle of the road you know be the not best so she she flies under the radar it's like that was her challenge for the challenges which i thought was just to be kind of weak like it's not yeah, even she hard was for like her. jealous it's of so the attention easy. that Kane was getting. Right. You know? It's like, oh, she fails so hard at being the middle of the road. Like she everything she masked. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she the, definitely. The, the first one, she bullseyes yeah, the know. farthest one away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right in there. But, you know, I guess it was a literal challenge for her to not be the best. So, yeah, I mean, when I started reading this book, I was really compelled by the, the idea of this contest. And then as the book kind of went on, I was like much less compelled about it. Um, maybe that was by design. I'm not sure because like, I mean, the part of the book that I was easily the most interested in was, you know, the people that were getting mauled and killed and, you know, this, this kind of like underground network of tunnels and history down mm -hmm. below this giant glass palace, which also I wanted to kind of shout out because I thought it was really cool. This idea of this kind of like giant glass castle being built on top of an already existing structure. Yeah, that's I hope we kind of visit more about that in the next few books because it seems 
weird that you would build something so extravagant like unnecessarily on top of an already existing structure that was like you know what i mean the way that it's described it's like especially at the beginning when um kale and dorian are talking about it they're both just like this is ridiculous like this thing is so huge and it's so silly that it's like as big as it is um it is but but i'm I'm interested oh god sorry i'm just really interested in like what what's up with this palace you know i think two things are kind of going on well maybe a few but one it's like a it's kind of like a, a, a statement of arrogance, right? To build your castle upon the defeated bones of the one before it, you know? Sure. You're kind of like, totally. I will rise from the ashes a and I, I've conquered you. Yeah, I'm like, I'm constantly writing your bones, you know? And then two, like, it's it's fairly accurate. Like, if you look at any, like, ancient city in the world, like Rome or Jerusalem, it's like, if you were to, like, you know, LIDAR, those cities, it's like they're built upon subsequent layers upon layers and layers of old cities. Some of those cities have, like, a hundred feet of like other city beneath like them that have been and yeah stuff. so it's yeah. like because it it's like yeah you don't want to build on top of somebody else's thing but when you've when a new thing needs to be put there it's like oh well, let's look front let's find the best spot for it well the top of the hill by the water it's like it's like it's kind of um like logical to build in the same spot like obviously it's the best defensible position or whatever and so you would knock down the old and then build the new so that made sense to me yeah that actually makes sense now too i, I just want more information about the uh the castle and that was kind of like one of my gripes kind of towards the end of the book is like i felt like a lot of stuff happened and then but i just i didn't feel equipped enough to really like understand it all. understand like the meaning behind like exactly every but i think also there was like some cliffhanger type stuff that was happening too like i mean the king and the dukes last last conversation was really cryptic and weird and i was just like damn both of these guys gotta go like this is (laughs) like i don't dude i really don't like the king the the king you you had mentioned it before but you said that he was kind of a confusing character i straight Uh up just hated when he was on the page and i think that was by design but like man that king um man i just really really don't like he's bad news what he told selena at the end you know, he's like, I'll kill your fucking friends. It's just like, dude, yeah, oh my God. Dude. Like, she, <laughs> her friends are like, like his wow, I like, know. courtesans, so you know? Like, yeah, what? Like, I didn't like that at all. But um, I'm excited to see, like, what happens with this guy. I think most of our gripes here, besides some of the fun little jokey pokes that we've, we've done at the story, could be a revolve around us not having enough information about the world and the characters in it and its history, which I think really could have helped this kind of bring this story to live of like, like when the guy uh, who eats the eyeballs of his victims, when he was killed, I didn't feel it. I was like, whatever. But like, if I would have known, like, I feel like the the narrative, sorry, just to interrupt. I feel like the narrative too. I feel like Selena was just like, yeah, that guy sucked anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Eyeball eater. That's a weird thing to do. Have this beer thing, you know? Um, Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, it was just like if I would have heard some more about like the dastardly deeds done by Mr. Eyeball Eater and like I, if I was afraid of him in some way, you know, but like just the fact that he eats eyeballs, that's just like a weird kind of gross thing that he does, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that which is a pretty good criticism to have for your book is just like I want more of your world, more of the story, more of the history, more of the places. So it's like you've done a good enough job getting me interested that I want more. And so I think that's a pretty, you know, good uh, criticism to have if you're a writer but like yeah nice cool they want more of the meal that i made them i wonder if there's a reason why a lot of these competitors you know there's 23 of them and a lot of them are like just kind of like whatever and i wonder if it was if it was part of the story that they kind of just cobbled together some people to like make this kind of like i wonder if it was like a sham contest almost you know what i mean like that's kind of 
But usually like, sham contests are done for like visibility, right? And like no one was even allowed to know this contest was happening. Sure, for that's most a of good the point. Time. No, that's <laughs> that's a really good point. Uh, <laughs> but like what I'm what I'm saying though is, I mean, I wonder if there's something larger at work here because I feel like getting 23 people that are just as adept or 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 at least close to as adept as Selena is at being an assassin shouldn't be that hard in this world where an 18 year old can become the best assassin in the world. Um, there, there are obviously avenues for people to go down to, to have that as a career uh, already established. You know what I mean? So she's not rare. Assassins aren't rare. Uh, so it seems weird that we've got like prisoners that are coming in to contest to be one of the most important people in the court, you know? So what I'm thinking is like, maybe the King has some kind of like, maybe this was all like by design, maybe not in as uh, ostensible of a way as what you're saying, wasn't the case which I, I agree with you but i'm wondering if like this was all some kind of like machination to get kane to do what he did for reasons that we still haven't really figured out mm -hmm. um, give him a reason to be in the castle for a while and, or like something. killing these people and like um, sure and just uh, i don't know and then i think another and to just kind of add on top of that i think that one of the reasons why the king is so confrontational with his son apart from just their obvious like they might not even be like related, you know what I mean? They kind of like hinted. Right. I think don't they, think they are. Yeah, like they honestly, that they just like don't even look like each other. But anyway, um, I think that like one of the reasons why he's so standoffish with Dorian is because Dorian was just like, "I'm gonna go grab this lady," and then he brought her back, and he was just like, "Dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, you brought like the best assassin ever. Like, what are you?" Right. Well, he like he, I guess King didn't know that, but like Selena um, has a conversation with Dorian where Dorian's like, "Yeah, I basically just like grabbed you." I don't know if it's a conversation they're having, but at some point we learned that he got her basically to just like bug his dad yeah he got her just to reason, like be yeah. a thorn under his skin just like yeah no i went and got her because and not really thinking that she was gonna win or even had any chance of winning um i did find it a little weird like did this salt mine have like the best security ever like if she's a the world's best assassin you'd think she'd be like trained at lock picking and like it just seems weird that a salt mine was able to hold her you know i mean i think it was like explained was that if you if you like went a few feet you'd get shot with an arrow and she was able to make it to the wall but that was like a suicide route too that she was going okay on too um because it sounds like uh you know like in kung fu panda the way that like tai lung is locked up you know it's just like yeah. just like reinforcement after reinforcement uh totally that was like kind of the way that i had thought of it is that okay um like she uh eventually maybe would have been able to break out but i don't think yeah i don't think so uh but also it's funny <laughs> Just weird stuff that I pick up on. It's just like weird little nitpicky stuff, you know. I don't even. It might be annoying for people to listen to, but like, you know, she gets whipped and then she gets like this salve from another slave, and it's like, oh, they, we just have salves in here. Right. Like, what's it made of? Like, where'd you get? I thought it? we couldn't like, step out of line, but somehow <laughs> someone like stole some aloe vera from like the local aloe vera garden. Like, what? Yeah, they have like a shop in the yeah. salt mines, like a, like a commissary that they can go get whip salve from. <laughs> okay, maybe I missed something huge here, but remember when Elena cryptically says to, uh, two, two things here. One, Elena, the queen ghost spirit or something, says to her, when like the night is darkest or when your life is going the roughest, look to your right. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then like, first off, Okay, if you have information, like if you have information to help the person, why would you give it to her in this cryptic riddle? Just like help her, just tell her the information that will actually help her, as opposed to this thing that she may or may not remember when she when the night is darkest. And then, did she ever? Did, was that ever relevant? Did she ever look wasn't to the right? Like, wasn't the it, it was like the next contest that they did? Okay, it so it like, did. It was relevant. Yeah, it was somewhat relevant. I think. 
I just forgotten about it by the time that it happened, I guess. What did you think about Caltain, the um the the Duke's uh girlfriend, I guess, for lack of a better word, who uh is really into Dorian, but not for Dorian's personality, just for his title, it seemed. I felt kind of bad for her, you know? Like she has all these headaches, she's gotta keep doing opium, but like she she thinks that she's like fooling the Duke, but the entire we find out that the Duke the entire time um like the reason why she was even getting these headaches is because of what he was doing to her. Uh, I totally. thought that was like a pretty well done, actually, kind of flip. I wasn't really expecting that because it seemed like she was she kind was of a vapid, power hungry. Yeah, she was like playing the Duke, you know, but no, like not at all. Like, I mean, she thought no. she was, but like, yeah, the Duke had her in his hand the entire time. I don't like this Farrington, this Parrington fellow. No, this Parrington much. fellow is is not not uh, high in my regard. I think she is going to end up becoming part of the crew. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think she'll be like, I think she'll probably have some like cool skill or something and then like. I don't know, help out the crew, even though she's been kind of like mean and like you're a perfect example of like what's wrong with like courtly influence and like people trying to manipulate other people to rise in power and stuff. But I don't think, you know, she's not doing it on her own will, we learn. And then uh, so, yeah, I think she's going to be she's going to have a redemption arc where everyone's like, oh, you're actually like really cool. And we're just being forced to do those bad things, you know, playing the game. I want to start kind of wrapping up here and just talk about like what we think is going to happen later in the series and stuff. As I got to the end of the book, I was kind of just, I didn't really see like the larger picture here. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't see how this is going to develop into like a bigger story. Like, right. From, I don't even really know. Book. I don't even really know why the king wanted a new champion. Yeah. Or what the champion's job is. Like, obviously, we're going to have, which I'm really looking forward to, actually. It's kind of some, I think it'll be the, the instigator of some cool storylines. Well, she she'll be given jobs to assassinate people. Like, yeah, clearly, and, I'd like to and she's gonna have be like, sure. yeah. I'm sure at some point during this series, she's gonna be told to assassinate like one of her best friends, or like even potentially one of her lovers. The king's gonna be like, Dorian's gotta go or, or something, <laughs> my you <own> know? Son. <laughs> yeah, my own son. <laughs> I mean, the king is a pretty a bastard. Yeah, I don't know. I would put it past him. Yeah, yeah. It was weird that he had such a hold over selena you know every time selena like made eye contact with him she like wilted inside you know dude i think something's going on with this king like yeah i think like something's that's like another thing that's like really making me pretty stoked to read the rest of these is like i, I really feel like we're missing something but it's like by design like something like there's totally just, like, i, I just kind of had like a weird like kind of empty feeling after finishing this book where i was like i don't even know what the fuck is gonna happen next like i don't know totally. but there was all there was just like so much weird stuff that was kind of crammed into the end of it mm -hmm. um that it's like okay well now i gotta find out and like i gotta find out like what this weird magic is i gotta find out what's up with nehemia because like obviously right. like there's like way more to her than totally we and is like magic is. actually gone or is it just like i don't outlawed? think it is no i mean like, i don't think I, it is I, either yeah. it seems like i think the fair definitely gonna make an appearance at some point for sure absolutely um, but like to kind of like push more into like prediction territory here like i mean i think that um at least from the small amount that i was able to gather from finishing this book it seems like one of the chief concerns of, especially Nehemia, obviously being a princess of a kind of like currently colonized like land uh, that she's in, and you know like the brutal attack on like the people that the people from her homeland and stuff. Uh, but like you know it's like Nehemia's concern, um, Selena's concern, even like Dorian like feels really horrible about a lot of the stuff that the king is doing. I think that like the, mm -hmm. the larger kind of um, plot line of this series is probably going to be like. A kind of a mixture of Selena learning a lot more about uh, the world and herself and, you know, like her place and everything. And then also some kind of 
this uh like Aderlin seems to be like this kind of like occupying force that right right that is kind of like bigger than any of these the smaller players right now um and then totally. also, I think the king will be brought down from within, and the story maybe, will kind of but, revolve around that. But then yeah. also, there, I think there's, I think there's also like another element at play here, which is the kind of like very. It was hinted at in this book, and you know, Selena kind of saw a little glimpse of it, and I think so did Nehemia. But there seems to be other dimensions and other worlds. There are other worlds than these, you know. Like there, there seems to be something going on that the king knows about, that Parrington knows about, that we're going to find out more about in the next couple of books, hopefully. Totally. I think the king's probably like a demon lord in disguise, maybe. or at least maybe Seriously, working for a yeah. demon lord. Can yeah, we totally. can we just say, I actually thought this was pretty cool, how like the limiting factor preventing bigger and more dangerous foes from coming through the like portal in the clock tower or whatever was like the literal size of the porter, portal. Can you imagine like how frustrating it would be to be a demon lord who's just like too <laughs> big to fit through the portal? Like, yeah. The only thing preventing you from dominating the mortal realm is just like your own physical size. Like, ah! Big enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, i thought that was pretty cool um so at one point she is like in her memory and she remembers like crawling through a window or maybe waking up with her parents dead on both side of her like covered in oh, their yeah, own covered blood. blood and stuff yeah that was that was intense yeah i kept thinking like oh she killed her parents that's why she's so bent out of shape and then i was like no maybe the king did do we ever learn or did we still kind of set a mystery it's, still it's, i think that's a read and find out kind of thing. okay cool or at least cool, read cool, and find cool. out to get um specifics do you think that Selena is going to end up with Kale or Dorian or neither? I mean, we got eight books, so I yeah. think we're going to hook up with both. Short story both. collection. That's a prequel. Short story oh yeah, collection. that's right. I think she's going to get with both at different times of the story. I think totally. they're going to be. Yeah, I can see the that. same. Yeah. Did you think at the very end, like it seemed a little weird? Like after she gets the contract, she kind of turns on the prince and ends their relationship, which would be really like hurtful if I was the prince to be like. Like whatever ship type of ship they were shipping, I would feel kind of used. Like, okay, so like you needed an inside man and had no hope of a good future. So you took the solace and my kisses and, and, and any sort of love that you could get from me. But then like as soon as you're locked into the position, you're just like, oh, I have to be professional. How inappropriate <laughs> would be to be She's like not wrong though. Like, I mean, oh, she does. Now like, impropriety has so you tossing and turning at saying, night. Yeah. You know, like, man, one minute ago, you were like jewel thief, assassin, criminal trash, with, like no hope of uh, the attention of two of the most powerful people in the realm. And now that you're like locked in contract given, you're just like toss them by the wayside. Like, I was like, oh, come on, don't do them like that. And then she's like, has breakfast with Kale right afterwards. And is like, oh, man, I'm kind of like available on the market again. And they're like flirting. And it was just kind of like, well, come on, man. Like, OK, so I'm going to defend Selena here. Okay, yeah, please do. I'm going to. I mean, uh, for, first of all, I thought it was pretty cool that Dorian was just like, okay, we can be friends. Like, he, he wasn't like, come on, like, come on. Like, you know, I mean, he was the, definitely sad. He was, yeah, but he was he respected what she said, so I thought that was oh, cool. Oh, totally, yeah, uh, yeah, he handled but, it professionally. So just, like, shout out to Dorian for being cool. Uh, Dorian? But also, um, I mean, Selena's position would would not be strengthened by her sleeping with the prince like that's only gonna uh, a future weakness you know what i mean like that's but evan love doesn't take considerations into account like propriety and what her position will be strengthened by but, but she needs to her her freedom and her life is on the line like she doesn't fucking know this guy you know what i mean like she's, yeah. she's known him for like a few months you know what i mean like it's that's it's, exactly why i felt like she used him 
So like when she was when it, it did help her position, she was all about it, flashing him smiles and melting at his but like why compliments. Why wouldn't she be? She's she's alone in this big giant castle, and like the prince is being nice to her. You know what I mean? She didn't know she was gonna like survive through this. But I, I, I just feel used as Dorian. Be like, cool. Like, I guess as soon as you got what you want, when like I'm not even important anymore. Now impropriety is all you're thinking about. Has to be friends. You know? Yeah, it's true. But like, that's I mean, she didn't how many like, men she wasn't had, like, had, don't your, had their heart crushed by the like, let's just be friends, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 a rough feeling, but you know, also, Dorian's got some growing up to do. You yeah, know, everybody that's true. goes through that situation a couple times, and 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 also, Selena doesn't have to justify ever why she would not want to be with somebody. She can just say she doesn't want to. You know what I mean? Like, the, but you're not wrong. Totally. But like. It does seem like the the timing of it. If I was, it was Dorian, not good luck. Yeah, <laughs> like <I see. laughs> but also, like she does, she can just be like, "No, nah, I'm not into it anymore," and it'd be like perfectly valid. But also, um, to your to your point about Kale, though, the reason that she tells him that, and there's a little bit of a moment there, I think, is because Kale isn't the prince. Like the they're actually of a fairly More equal even rank. stationed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it would actually make make a decent amount of sense. But also, Kale is noble born as well it, it right, does like captain of, of the king's guard yeah, like i mean selena in any in any sort of like monarchy or like court system is is not <laughs> bred well enough to like sleep with any of these guys as, as a as a in like a serious like childbearing marriage kind of way at least that's the way that it, it's being painted at least but but she will weirdly I mean. and in this book only is the queen mother of Dorian totally fine with it? She's like, it's like I thought you wouldn't want to because we have different stations. And the queen was like, oh, but you're good looking and wealthy enough to make that not matter. And I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> like says what mother ever? Like so, like queen or queens are always like, no, you have to have like the one who's the right station princess. And the mother's just like, you're actually the only woman who's like woman enough for my son. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess that objection is conquered before it ever is a thing, which is kind of nice, I guess, fresh. Yeah, I mean, like, one little complaint I had about Dorian, uh, where I was just like, come on, man, like, geez, like, <laughs> this is just from my <laughs> perspective, but it was just like, he's just like, man, like, all these beautiful women is throwing themselves at me, like, damn it and like don't like any of them and his mom is just like well here's a giant list of a bunch of yeah, them here's a like literal totally... list and, and he's just like god mom like stop <sighs> like jeez i just so she like ask you to sweep the floor dude. I don't know, wow man. i just thought it was like kind of it's like oh man it must be so hard dorian to like yeah be a prince and i'm sorry your these... life is so hard <laughs> it's so rough like oh i gotta go to these balls and you know just uh. <laughs> like, i just felt like that was like a little heavy-handed for the plot you know what i mean it's just like okay, yeah okay yeah this prince and then finally like this brutalized woman comes in from the, the salt mines and he's just like that one Oof. absolutely yeah. i don't know what it is but she's just she's so amazing like the second <laughs> i look it's just like okay man okay maybe sure i guess but like, yeah she's also got a pretty dark history though like she's an assassin like she's arguably more interesting though you know what i mean like oh to, for sure yeah to, to be totally fair i mean like if if like if you were only surrounded by like these kind of like these women that were only interested in your station you know what i mean mm -hmm. which he's very much aware of i think i feel like even after like a, like a year of that it would probably get pretty annoying after a while and then when the you the, <laughs> he knows who selena is so i think totally. that, that actually you know what never mind i'm gonna kind of backtrack on that a little bit that makes a decent amount of sense actually that he'd be that interested in her 
half of what you're saying is just like, yo, it's your life is so hard, Dorian, which I yeah, still stand I, by. I, I but stand the other side of it, where it's like him being interested, her, I, I'm with you. That makes yeah, sense that makes to me because like sure. she is pretty uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and like I don't know, we kind of like to like the hunt is kind of fun, you know. It's like if something's just given to us it's like no no we won't have to go get it and we there's there's value in things being hard to get and so it's like he's in it for the chase i think he kind of likes it you know okay so while we're talking about things that we just really didn't like and this is so small so i think it's fine for me to have this very strong opinion on this was just not cool part of the book fleet foot for the name of your dog like that is the (laughs) dumbest crappy name for a dog yeah like that sounds like a computer a computer generated steed name that you had to use during your campaign because it was like two in the morning and no amount of mountain dew can make your imagination (laughs) like keep going forever you know so you're like computer generated name fleet foot there we go like it's it's is he fast i think there's like some kind of explanation but i think that if you were sitting in the room with me i would have visibly frowned so deep you would have laughed at me when i read that because it was just yeah and it's it's not only a bad name she also like heralds it she's like oh my gosh it's not only the name it's the best name of all time that is for this dog it's like she she was like uh (laughs) she was like elodin being like beamed in from the name of the wind being like i am the namer and he is fleet foot you know it was like <laughs> what don't know that name sucks i don't know he didn't he wasn't even fast like i can do it too like uh sniff snout there we go boom perfect name uh why do you think kale was so like like he discovers her like watching him and then does nothing about it do you think he was just so confident in his own ability to kill her and eliminate her at the end or something why was he so passive about that you mean kane oh excuse me kane yeah, yeah. my bad yeah I was like, when did that happen? Yeah, it came. Um, <laughs> I think he's under a sort of influence. I don't think he's like all there. Magically? Yeah. Because uh, okay. Caltain is too. And the Duke and King talk about it towards the end. It's like the power. Totally. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. I, I, th- I think Kane is just more of like an instrument than anything towards the end of this book. Okay. I wonder if Kale will have any sort of like emotional conflict with that later books when he learns that he killed the guy who was just being controlled like maybe that guy was actually really oh, good yeah, you I didn't know think like about that yeah totally like dang i, I mean, just he was killed kind the of puppet like but it doesn't mean he yeah. deserved to die or anything yeah i wonder at what point like i wonder exactly how much influence he was under at what parts you know right because he, he didn't sell her awful. out i think that's it for this book i think we kind of like talked about um decent amount i, I feel like totally uh, yeah and if there's anything i have to say is it's left me wanting more so that would just do a that bodes very well for a eight book series, you know, so I'm stoked to read more of it. I think that this book will probably end up, I mean, from what everybody has DM'd me, you know, like I've, most, almost everybody that's hit me up about this book since I posted that I was reading it said that it was the worst one in the series and that I need to keep going. And apparently even the second one is like not awesome, uh, which huh. is, I don't know. I mean, I didn't find this book bad, though. I didn't at all. Yeah, no, I mean, I was just kind of bored in the middle. That's a, that's yeah. all it was. I was like a little bored in the middle. And then towards the end, I was kind of like, what's going on? And but that we have seven more books. So it's like, I'm not really that upset about not really knowing where we're at right now. So it's just uh, it was really entertaining. I mean, if Sarah J. Moss really did write, I mean, I know that she had the idea for this when she was 16. I don't know what the exact timeline was of over the Maybe she just years. outlined. I don't know. When she was 16 or I, something. I, I well, she was posting chapters of it um, online oh, really? okay. for a little while. And then she took them down and they got an agent. Um, there's like I don't know exactly what the timeline was, but like it's still like as Solid. soon as I started reading it, I was just like, oh yeah, she's a, I forgot how fucking good of a writer she is. Dude, like, she's a advice, really good writer. She's a really good writer. Yeah. You what you said at the very beginning of this podcast though would have like 
it was what this story needed, which was like right at the beginning when she's being led from the salt mines, they should have been attacked by bandits and she should have like melted into the shadows and then just like yeah. slaughtered everybody. Yeah. That was what I needed to see. That's a school book. I'm excited to read more of these. We're going to read, uh, for anybody that's curious, we're going to read Crowd of Midnight next, which is book two. And then we're going to read The Assassin's Blade, which is the prequel um, short story collection. So that, oh, okay. Sarah DeMoss said that that's where you're supposed to read it. Uh, I've also heard that you're supposed to read it first before any of this, which I think maybe would have kind of assuaged some of your kind of like disbelief that she's as good of an assassin as she's saying she is. It's interesting that there's so Sarah many. said that. Well, no, because I think that a lot of people say that you're supposed to read Assassin's Blade first, which is the prequel stories of her just being an assassin. They totally, like totally. So, but her, but Sarah J. Moss said we're supposed to read this after the second book. Oh, really? Which oh, okay. is interesting. So, I'm not really sure why, but uh, so we're going to read the, hmm. the Assassin's Blade and then we'll move on to, I think, Air of Fire is the third book. And I don't remember the name. Maybe there's something that happens in Air of Fire that, like, I don't know. We, we get a lot of like prequel knowledge that helps that, um, helps, helps us digest that story or something in the short story. Man, I'm excited for this. This is Me cool. Too. Like, I read this so I like... fast. Like, I, Me like, too. I burned through it and burned it. I mean, uh, I like the romance element too. Like, I'm not usually into the the love triangle, but I think that because all the three of the characters are pretty cool, I'm kind of yeah. I want to see what happens it's, with this. It's unfortunate that we only follow Selena, right? Because I would have loved to see more. Because I think that not true. We so we follow Dorian and Kale sometimes. Yeah, but like barely. Yeah, like barely. I never. I didn't get any. Like, I don't re- like. I know that you they're want, best like a Dorian friends. Book or something. No, but I want like I want to see some like really cool like interactions between Dorian and Kale, so I can be like, oh, like I, this at this point I don't really feel their best friendship. I just know that it exists because I've been told it. You know? Yeah, I I can I can see what you mean. I kind of felt it, but I feel like yeah, over the next like, I need like books, an emotional conversation. Hear, between I'll them. say this: I hope we don't lose Kale and and Dorian's friendship over the next no. few books because of Selena. If it happens way later, that's cool. Uh, but if it happens too soon, I'm going to be kind of annoyed about it because it's like I think sh- this next book, we're definitely going to experience a little bit of Rocky Road in their friendship because yeah. I don't think that we can get through yeah. two books without her like officially getting with one of them. She's going <laughs> to in the next book yeah, and it's going to cause a little bit of turmoil in their relationship. Um, but I think that their friendship will be strong enough in the end to get through it. So hopefully it's a small speed bump. You know, I hope the king dies. Me too. Yeah, Absolutely. I hope she kills, kills the king. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to go. Uh, that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode for Throne of Glass, book one of Throne of Glass. We have uh, many more episodes to make, actually, because I looked up some page counts. Uh, the last book is almost a thousand pages long, so we wow. might have to we might have to break a couple of these up, actually. Uh, and if you're mad at Evan and I because we got something wrong, well, you know where to go complain. We go hop in that Discord. There's a link beneath the, in the description of every one of our episodes. Go check it out. Yep. And just remember, this is the first book of many books uh, and the first episode of many episodes. So if Chad and I got a bunch of stuff wrong and we're just not uh, not repping the series in quite the way you want us to, just give us a little more time. We'll we'll start warming to the series even more we'll get there. and understanding a little bit more about what's going on. But anyway, that's gonna. Do it for us today everybody thank you so much for listening hope you have an amazing rest of your day and of course happy reading bye everybody